Alright, welcome back to another episode of our bi-weekly podcast, Setting Our Thoughts Captive. My name is Chitiz. My name is Etuan. And we welcome you back. Um, hopefully, you've been listening to all our episodes and you've been blessed like we've been blessed talking about this. And so, let's let's jump into our topic today, man. Uh, we talked about how we may know how one can be safe. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about how... Um, why the resurrection is important and what would happen if there was no resurrection and then today i think it's building up to this we want to talk about who christ is uh, particularly christ is king absolutely yeah. right and so we, we want to talk about christ is king now you know that one you you grew up in u.s but I, I grew up in nepal where we had king so i grew up under a king and and you know a few things that I can think of when I think about king is like you know king becomes a king by conquering a nation or conquering over a people. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about my king that like they came from one small village in Nepal and he unified all the countries, and and he conquered all those small states and made it a big nation. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's by conquering over them that he became a king. Uh, the second thing is the king. Don't, a king does not have like a trial period, like the presidents, they have four-year work period or something like that. I've never heard of a king that has only, like that has like a, a time term. limit, a yeah. term, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. king never has a term. When he rules, he rules until he's dead. And then, and then most of the cases, it's always, um, it, it's, it stays in the family. Yeah. It stays in the family. All that to say that, that, you know, the way the progression of the Bible is, it also leads towards the kingship of Jesus Christ. Mm. Right when we were like, I'm particularly reminded of Matthew who wrote to the Jews to remind them that the Messiah that they are waiting for, the King that they are waiting for, is Jesus Christ. And he often, that's why he mentions Son of David all the time, mm. and to to show that that the lineage of that kingship is is coming from David to Jesus. Yeah. And so, r- really quick, then how how long has Nepal been a nation? We've been we've been around for a while, man. Even before Christ. Okay. From, I mean, as a nation, nation together, uh, I would say, with the kingdom, um, the current like the kingdom. I mean, we don't have king anymore, but but the, the last king with his family lineage. I would say, I mean, I can check, (laughs) to be honest. But I do know the name of the first king. his name was Prithvi Narayan Sah. Let's see. Burn. He died in 1775. So, okay. so you know, he he was around 17th century. Wow. Is when we became one nation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> yes. And so yeah. So so the Bible presents. Jesus is king and we want to talk about what that means, what that entails, what that means for us, what that means for the rest of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so so I, I want to like I don't know where you where you were thinking about beginning. I wanted to begin like in the Old Testament. Sure. Where it prophesies and and for me one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament is Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, uh, even from 34 all the way till 36. I mean it just it just it's just a, such a great chapter. Um uh, you know, Ezekiel 36 is famously known for that new covenant where God says that, you know, I'm going to 
like you defile my name, but I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel has profaned among the nations, which they came. So I'm going to act for my own name's sake. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and then God lays down what he's going to do. He's going to replace the heart of stone, right, which is hardened against God, and he's going to replace with the heart of flesh, which is softened for God. And, and it, it just shows that all of this is the work of God. And I actually, I had the privilege of preaching about this two years ago. But then in 37 is what I wanna, uh, where, where I want to direct our thoughts. Uh, again, it, it, the chapter 37 begins with the dry bones coming back alive. Just a picture of salvation. right? We were dry bones, dead, and God brings us, uh, makes us alive to his righteousness. And then in verse 15 is where I want to uh, focus. Um, right there, I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take a stick and write on it, for Judah and the people of Israel associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it, for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel associated with him. And join them one to another into the stick, that they may become one in your hand. And when your people say to you, will you not tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold. I'm about to take the stick of Joseph that is in the hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel associated with him, and I will join with it the stick of Judah and make them one stick that they may be one in my hand. And when the sticks on which you write are in your hand before their eyes, then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'll take the people of Israel from the nations among which they have gone and will gather them from all around and bring them to their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And, this is key, and one, one king shall be king over them all. And they shall be no longer two nations and no longer divided into two kingdoms. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols and their detestable things or with any other of their transgressions. But I will save them from all backslidings in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. But I want to add one more, uh, one more verse. My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. Now, think about this, right? Ezekiel wrote this way after David's death. Mm-hmm. David's not even alive. So what he's, what he's saying symbolically, and we find this in New Testament oftentimes, is he's talking about the new king, new king David, which is, which is represented as Christ, the son of David. Mm-hmm. And so he's preparing all this, to show that there is going to be one king that is going to rule over us, yeah. which is the king, Jesus. Yeah, and I can add to that. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, an, another one that people really know is Isaiah 9, right? And it says, for, uh, for to us, Isaiah 9, uh, starting at verse 6, for to us a child is born, mm-hmm. to us a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Mm. On the throne of David Mm -hmm. and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Right. Uh, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So, like you said, we see that the, 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 the kingdom... Uh, it, it's coming through the lineage of David. It's it's through the tribe of Judah, um, and uh, here it, even in Isaiah, it's saying that uh, the the government will be on upon his shoulders. But uh, it's his 
the increase of his government, the establishment yeah. of his government, like the conquer that the side of conquering the the in uh, there will be no end. Yeah. Like he will be king of kings and lord of lords, um, and and it's talking about Christ uh, when it says, "For to us a child is born, to us a son is given." Uh, when we and when it talks about justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, uh, it, it it's it's pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to Christ. Absolutely. And we see that been fulfilled in the New Testament, right? I mean, the whole, the beginning of New Testament, Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus, which shows the lineage of Jesus from David and falling into the line. And, and, and it ends with Christ being born. And so that, that genealogy sometimes might, we might not learn a lot, but we can see how the progression of kings is transferred from David all the way to Christ. Right. And, and, the, and, and, the, thing, and the thing is, too, um, like the the reason why we want to focus on Christ as King, um, because you, you know oftentimes we focus on Jesus as um, the Messiah, mm. um, but and, and and even not necessarily using the word Messiah always, but more so using Jesus, calling him Savior, and obviously the Messiah means Savior, right? He's he's come to save his people. He's anointed to save, to deliver his people. Um, however, um, we don't focus on the side of his kingship often. Right. You know, so we see the Messiah, we see him as Savior and, and the ability to save us from our sins. Right. But the other side to Jesus is uh, he is a conquering king. Uh, therefore, uh, not only does he save us from our sins, but... Once we are saved from our sins, he we are to obey him. Right. He rules over us. He rules over right. us. But that also means if he rules, there is a law that is established, right. which got us into trouble in the first place, Absolutely. right? Be- yeah. That caused us to sin. But he is also someone to follow and to obey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I'm reminded of like when we were in the kingdom, right? The king, we used to call the king is sovereign. So what he ordered was to be followed by the citizens is is a sovereign rule. And so we look at it that that's a representation of we have a king of kings, right? That that's what the Bible presents yes. Christ that he, that the, even the even the earthly kings are subject to his authority. And so when the king of kings says something that that is to be followed and and that is to be obeyed by his people. Yes, he the Bible calls him the king of the nations. Right. Um, and so whatever nation that exists on the earth right. is subject to him. Right. And, you know, I mean, the kingship, like uh, at first, like I'm, I'm reminded of Matthew, right, where Jesus is riding on a donkey uh-huh. in Matthew chapter 21. And, and kind of, re- is, which is a prophecy fulfilled by Zacchaeus. And that was him riding on a donkey, humbling himself. Because in few days he was going to give his life uh, and pay the price for the sinners, for his elect. But then it also led up to him getting all the authority as God exalted him, like Philippians 2 says, right? And then now when Jesus comes back as a king, that's going to look different from when he entered Jerusalem on a donkey. Hmm. Now when he comes, he's going to come in all his glory, in uh, all his triumph, and and. He's going to rule over all. 
like Philippians says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Yeah. Everything is going to be subject of him. And that's such a, like, you know, like when we think about like, like a physical king of a nation, right? That king rules over people. He makes mandates. He makes orders and stuff like that. But that king is not ruling over nation. That king is not ruling over the circumstance or situation. But when we look at Jesus as king, he rules over everything. Yes. And everyone, from the smallest molecule to the highest mountain, he rules over them. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what makes him the king of kings. He rules over even the kings. Yeah, Ephesians 1, uh, verse 20 says, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the, the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Right. Um, and so, uh, so like you said, Christ is seated uh, on the right hand of God, mm-hmm. right? Sit, seated on the throne. Uh, and this, this position was taken up... Um, after his death, so the so he was resurrected um, and ascended to heaven, and he seat, sits on the right hand mm-hmm. of the Father. Mm-hmm. And all authority has been given to him, mm-hmm. and all power, and all rule, right. and all dominion. Uh, and so Christ is uh, he's head of the church, and he's head of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everything falls subject to him. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have the nations uh, that, you know, it doesn't matter if you are uh, from China or if you're from Nepal or yeah. if you're from America. Yeah. Every nation should bow to God mm-hmm. and every nation will. will. Every Absolutely. tribe, every tongue Absolutely. will bow to him and declare Absolutely. him as Lord. Right. Um, but also specifically with us as Christians, uh, we should not just see Christ as our Savior, but we should also see him as our King. Absolutely. Uh, and he is over the church. So at the end of the day, us as Christians, we don't live by, uh, we don't live based upon our own authority or the authority necessarily uh, with our local church, but right. all of it flows because Christ is head of the church and he rules over he us. He rules over us, yeah. We We follow his yeah. rule and his mm-hmm. authority. And I think that's a, that's a that's a very comforting fact too, right? Like that we are ruled by the ruler of this whole world, uh-huh. and and um, like when you said all authority, that comes from Matthew chapter twenty-eight, right? The Great Commission, uh-huh. and and Jesus is telling them to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, not just the Israel, but all nations, and that's a daunting task. But then right before that, in verse eighteen, he gives them why, what gives us the boldness to go. To all the nations, he says, "All authority of in heaven and on earth has been given to me." And you know, I mean, when we go share the gospel, we're not saying the gospel of some like you know, uh, amazing figure or like some great king uh, that that has a great rule and that has great track record or something like. No, we're saying the the gospel of king who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Mm. And so that 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 I think fueled the disciples. In that time, who probably were scared what's going to happen to be bold in saying the gospel and taking it to all the nations. And that's what they did, right? 
And so I, I feel like I feel like you know we, we as Christians we serve the King of the Kings. We serve the King of this universe. We serve. He rules over us now, right now. And then one day he's gonna come and he's gonna establish his authority over everyone. Everything is subject to him. Yeah. And nothing's gonna get past and get away from him and from his rule. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, you cannot reduce Christ uh, to uh, just some some king that he is not. Mm. Um, and there is an example of this in John chapter 6. So Jesus feeds the 5,000. Yeah. And after he fed the 5,000, uh, because remember, like, the difference with Christians and even the even some of the followers of that time that were following Jesus, they did not see him as the the messiah uh scripturally uh they saw him as someone to deliver them from the roman government yeah, from the oppression that they were in but they didn't see him no. as king of kings yeah. and so in john chapter 6 after jesus feeds the 5000 there's there's a there's a uh, a point within this this chapter where they wanted to make him an earthly king mm-hmm. they wanted to reduce his kingship right. to right. an earthly kingdom right uh, and Jesus refused that. Right. Uh, so in in um, John chapter six verse fourteen, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, "This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world." Perceiving, verse fifteen, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force yeah. to make him king, Jesus re- withdrew again to the mountain by right. himself they wanted to forcefully make him a king that would stand up to be able to face the roman government mm-hmm. and deliver them and then establish his, his kingdom on earth right but remember when jesus was being crucified and pilate was talking to him like he tells him my kingdom is not of this world of this world absolutely if and it was then i would have people to come fight for me absolutely. i would have people to deliver me from out of your right. hand. Absolutely. My kingdom is not of this world. Right. And so the same thing we have to keep that in mind as Christians like we don't just reduce Jesus to a god of America or a king of America or a king of uh, of my life. He's king of everything. Everything. Yeah, you're preaching, man. <laughs> but yeah absolutely i mean i think that's what jesus often whenever he performs some miracle or something they asked that he asked them to stay quiet you know because he i think the fear was that they would they would go and make him like the earthly king that they wanted him to be but no he he's he like you said his kingdom is not of this world and and you know i'm just there like like i'm still going back to like like him riding on a donkey and humbling himself and giving himself for his people and dying on the cross. That's that's one of the ways he he portrayed as a king for his people, right? But then I'm also reminded of what's going to happen when he comes back. Mm-hmm. And right now we have the he's he's giving us grace to to for his elect for the sinners to repent and come to him. But when he comes as a king, he's going to come as a judging king. Yeah, and he's going to judge all his enemies, but he's also going to going to establish eternal kingdom with his people. Yeah, yeah, and and the the one thing too that's critical that we understand, and we touched on this in a previous podcast, um, is 
one of the enemies that um, we all face, right, mm-hmm. is death. Yeah. And Christ has conquered, conquered. death. Yeah. Right? No yeah. other king has conquered Conquer death. That. Absolutely. And that's why I began by saying that a king has to conquer. Mm. And I, the, the whole concept was to bring it to this, that Christ has conquered over death and sin, which, I mean, death is the result of sin. And, and you know, like, like you mentioned, there is no other king that can do that. Yeah. There's no other king that can really, uh, you know, and, and I, I love, like, I was, I was listening to one of the sermon. Uh, from Piper, and he 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 was saying, "I don't want a king that can just rule and make some madness. I want a king that is over the nature. That I want a king that is over the smallest molecules to the highest mountain. Right. That 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 can that can you know one day like I want a king that can one day heal all of our sinful issues and sorrows and all the problems of this world. And that's what Christ is yeah. going to do. Yeah, he's he's you know who was this man that even the winds and the waves obey right. him." Like the earth is subject to him, uh, the the greatest enemy to us, death. Yeah, he's conquered. He's right. conquered that. Um, uh, in Ephesians, we read this uh, uh, in in the previous podcast, uh, but here it is again. For he must reign until he has put all. Um, let Let me back up. So, if First uh, Corinthians, sorry, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and it says. Um, uh, let's see. Let's start at twenty-three. But, but each in, each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and and power. There's the conquering side of it. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he has accepted uh, who put all things in subject, subjection under him. So saying God the Father is not subjected. Mm-hmm. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him, God the Father, who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. And so all rule, all authority has been given to him, and he's conquering. Mm-hmm. And the last enemy is death. Like, Christ has already defeated death. It's already right. done because when Christ was crucified, death could not keep him down in the right. grave. Absolutely. And so he is the first fruits of what is to come for all who follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, I didn't read this, but it talks about how death came through Adam and then through yeah. him uh, so Adam was the first fruits, and through, right. through Adam, everyone else experienced death. In the same way, Christ is the first fruits of defeating death uh, in eternal life. And so he goes first, and then we all will follow. But Christ has defeated death. And so everything is subjected to him. There is nothing that has dominion over Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing of this world, nothing of this that has dominion over him. And this is a, this is important for us to understand this because when we understand this, then how we live with not only Christ as our Savior but Christ as our King, then determines the way that we follow Him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Christ then is not someone that oh I think I need to just follow Him or this thing that He says to do oh I don't need to obey that. Right. The truth is, I do need to obey right. that. We humbly come 
under him and we we are, we uh, bow down to him and we we obey him in that aspect right and knowing that you know this is this is this is not going to this is good for us knowing that it is good for us that's why all things are working together for our good when we obey him we are going to like we we grow in Christ likeness and that that is good for us so it's not it's not something that's going to leave us with hanging or, or it's going to lead us to some disparity no it's going to lead us to a triumphal um eternity with Christ one day yeah yeah and and uh, let me just you know cuz you keep talking about the end so let's just really quick go to revelations um Revelation chapter 19. I yeah, I have, have it right here highlighted. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead and read it? Uh, I mean, I, was, I had the 11. I don't okay. know if that's what you had, but I had 11 ahead, yeah. highlighted. Yeah, that was like, uh, this is just a picture <laughs> of when context, Christ comes yeah. back. Yeah, this is just a picture of when Christ comes back. And and, and so John is, is writing and what he's seeing, right? So he says, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes once again he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. Yeah. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his rope and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah. So a glorious picture right. of Christ defeating. Of his kingship. Right. Yeah. Defeating all the enemies. Right. 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 Um, and that that is when like this is this for us believers. Right. This is such a this is such a comforting and this is such a glorious thing to know that our Lord that we serve, our King that we serve, that our King that we obey is going to come and and rule over everything. Right. But if you're not a believer, this is a this is something that has, that ought to be scary, because at that time there will there will be no opportunities to repent. Yeah. And I'm saying right now, God is giving grace after grace for his elect to repent. But at that time, there will be no opportunities to repent, right? Every knee will bow down. Every tongue will confess. But for us believers, it will be, it'll be a cry of joy. But then for, for those that have missed out, it will be a cry of anguish. Yeah. As, they, as they will face the wrath of God for their sins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just a, just a quick note on that too. Because uh, I, I really want people to to capture this aspect of who Christ is. When you look at uh, Israel as a government, you have three different offices that are highly regarded. Right? Mm-hmm. You have you have the the priestly office. Um, then you have uh, the office of the kingship, and then you have the office of prophet. Yeah. You know so. And in each of these offices, right, like Christ has fulfilled each one, mm-hmm. right? Like Christ is our priest, right? Yeah. High priest. So, high priest. And he has offered sacri- the sacrifice on our behalf. Mm-hmm. But he's also prophet 
declaring mm-hmm. the kingdom mm-hmm. is at hand. Repent. Mm-hmm. So the co- the kingdom of God is coming. Mm-hmm. Repent. Mm-hmm. We see those two things, but the other aspect of the government is the kingship, king, the yeah. one who rules yeah. over the nation. Right. And 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 he is not just king of the Jews, he's king of all nations. Right. Absolutely. And this is important for us in our walk. We can't just see Christ as just the high priest who, right. who pays for our sins. We can't just see Christ as the, the prophet who uh, declares the coming kingdom. We also need to see him as, as king, king absolutely, and the one to follow, the one absolutely. to obey. Because it it is vital, it right. is vital that right. we understand that we cannot defy the king. Absolutely. And, you know, it just shows the... How like you know the whole scripture points to Christ, right? Mm. Is like you know we look at high, we look at the priest of the Bible. None of them could match the standard. They all failed, right? We look at the, all the priests, all the king, all the prophets. They all failed, and Christ comes as a role model for all of them. He becomes our high priest. He becomes the prophet who declares the kingdom, and he becomes the king that 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 is going to rule over all. Something that none of us humans could do. He portrays it for us. Mm. And he that's why he's 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 he like the scripture says he's our high priest. He's greater than any king. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Yeah. Uh, and and you you mentioned this, but I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it. Yeah. Right. Um I'm just gonna read it. It's Philippians two. Uh Starting at verse uh, verse nine, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Uh, verse ten, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, yeah. and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. You know so. You know, with this with this this particular podcast, I didn't I don't I don't have all this extra stuff to add. No. You know, the the one thing that I would say, like and you and you mentioned this, like if you don't know Christ, if you don't know Christ, um, you have to understand that his kingdom is above every kingdom. So when it comes to the law that is established by his kingdom. We are all guilty lawbreakers. Yeah. We are all guilty lawbreakers. And if you do not submit yourself under mm-hmm. the, his rule, you will be destroyed. Right. Because of your sin. Because of your sin, and that creates enmity with him, right? But for me, like when I think about Jesus as king, for Christians, in a Christian perspective, right, I'm 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 reminded of like, you know, we don't look at Jesus as the only one of the authority in our life. No, he is the final authority. Yeah. And so we live by his final authority, which is like he's his word, right? That's what Jesus is called the word of God. And 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 so so we by what standard are we living? Are we living by our own standard even when Jesus is our king, or are we living by his standard? You know, when we when we obey or when we live by his word, we submit to his kingship in our life. And so that 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 when I when I'm reminded of Jesus' king, it, it just it just motivates me and drives me to to live by his authority. And his authority is not just one of the authority, but the final authority. Absolutely. So in your in your own life, 
Like, is is there an area? Is there um, multiple places where you refuse to submit? Yeah. Where you clearly see this is what God's word says, mm-hmm. but you refuse to submit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and, and it, it's just in every aspect, right? When you think about marriage, when you think about relationship, when you think about friendship, right? Yeah. When we think about parenting, yeah. like by what authority, by what standard are we living our life? If Jesus is our king, then it has to be his authority, not ours. Yeah, every area of our life should bow to him. Yeah, absolutely. And which is good for us. Again, I want to keep reminding this. This is not something that is going to destroy us. No, this is good for us eternally. That one day we will be in his presence with for eternity. But at the same time, even in this life, we get to enjoy the joy and abundance of the peace and comfort that comes from obeying his command and glorifying his name. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I, I want to keep reminding that we are subject to him, but it's not something that is going to be bad for us either. It's, it's, it's an ultimate good for us. And who better than our creator who knows what is best for us? Well, he said, if you love me, yeah. you will keep my commands. My commands. Absolutely. The whole basis of the bowing and obedience to him is it's all based upon love. Yeah. It's all based upon our love for Christ. Absolutely. You know, so it's not don't look at it as just this tyrant, right. this tyrant. He's a tyrant and da, 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 da. We got to obey like that. No, it's out of love for him because his ways are good. His ways are ways of justice. Right. His ways are ways of righteousness right. and peace. Um, and, and, and they're true and they're pure. Right. Uh, so when we, when we talk about following his, his, his commands and, and living in obedience to him is because his way is it's good. good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's a good way, good place to end. I think, all right, um, have a blessed week, guys, and remember, Jesus is king. All right, peace. Peace.